Luke chapter 1. A refreshing touch, and we're speaking about, you know, the transforming touch, a transforming touch. That's the theme for the next, for the next four, a few weeks and so forth. And I pray that as we focus this morning on a refreshing touch while facing delay, that we will really be blessed today. Luke chapter 1, reading from verses 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well along in years. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. What would you do if an angel of the Lord stands at your right hand side right now? Hey? What would you do? Hey? Zechariah saw him, and he, when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Did you hear that? Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will be, he bring back to the Lord, their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man. My wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized they had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace. 
among the people. So far, may the Lord bless his precious word. A refreshing touch. All of us need a touch during this time of the year. Isn't it true? It's the last month of the year, and all of us need to be refreshed in some way or, or the other. For some Christ, Christmas time is the time of disappointment. This season is the season of disappointment. There are many that have a real difficult time this time of the year. It is a time of pain and heaviness. There are many that are longing for a fresh touch from the Lord during this time. Zechariah and Elizabeth knew disappointment. They knew the pain of being childless. Here was a couple that was well in their 60s. They were into their 60s already. Because they had no children, those around them thought they were out of God's favor. They did not have God's favor in their lives. So culturally, the context is deep darkness to them. And personally, there is a shadow over their home. These are good people. I want you to remind you, these are good people. Zechariah is a priest married to the daughter of a priest. And in those days, it was seen as a special sign of God's favor. But God's blessing was not only about Zechariah's priesthood or Elizabeth's background. God's favor was more than that. God's blessing was more than that. God uses his delays to teach us to trust him on a deeper level. Maybe you have, you've, been, you've had a delay somewhere in your life. And, uh, you know, people often say, this is, it's a cliche these days, people, his delays are not his denial, denials, right? I think of denial, if I think of denials, you know, denials. But, uh, so, uh, but it's not like, you know, it's more than that. He wants us to trust him on a deeper level many times. Zechariah actually means the Lord remembers. Did you see? hear that? The Lord remembers. The Lord watches over you. Oh, I want the Lord to remember my prayers. So many of my prayers, I said, Lord, remember them. But he remembers. Never forget that. He remembers. The Lord watches over you. He watches over everything that you and I have prayed. He's heard those prayers. Might appear to be a delay, but he's heard those prayers that you've prayed so long ago. Elizabeth means, my God is faithful. Oh, my God keeps his promises. <laughs> you hear that? He's faithful. He's faithful. He remains faithful. We know that verse, which says, even if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. He keeps his promises. He's always there for us. We can trust him this morning. But brothers and sisters, let us remember this. He do often does his best work in the darkness. He often does his best work in the darkness. 
And that's why our first point here when we think of a, a refreshing touch is he works in ways that are not immediately apparent. It's not immediately obvious. It's not immediately evident. Hey, Lord, you've heard me. Hey? But he works in ways that are not immediately evident. When you read in the days of Herod, king of Judea there, or in the times of Herod, king of Judea, you need to understand that it was in the darkest, most evil days on planet Earth. And it was during the darkest, most evil days that the Lord was getting ready to turn on the lights. Our world and also our lives are growing darker by the moment. But I love what it says in Genesis 1, 1 to 3, when there was no form, when there was nothing on planet Earth. The first words that God spoke was not, let there be love. It was not, let there be hope. It was not, let there be faith. But his first words were, let there be light. He just said it, let there be light. And my goodness, planet Earth was filled with light. And the emptiness disappeared. And the darkness disappeared. I want to say this to you this morning. As he looks at your circumstances and your situation, whatever it is, he's looking at it and he's saying, let there be light. I'm turning on the lights in your life. I want you to see who I am. Because I can create something ex nihilo something out of nothing what seems impossible with you I'm able to make it a possibility and I think when the Lord said let there be light as a result this planet and the universe were forever changed isn't it true in an extremely dark time in Israel's history, we know, probably have it in your notes, there was a couple who was walking uprightly and blamelessly before the Lord. Zechariah and Elizabeth, in the midst of darkness, shone their light everywhere. I'm asking you this morning, are you shining your light? In the midst of darkness, are you shining your light wherever you go? And I think of this year, this morning, think of light. Light discloses. Isn't it true? It discloses something. Reveals something, in other words. When a light is turned on, it immediately makes itself known and it reveals matters not seen in the darkness. Hebrews 4.13 speaks about the Lord, that nothing is hidden from him, from his sight, and that he is able to reveal all secrets. And I'm just paraphrasing that there. He knows everything. 
But the amazing thing about light that discloses is this, that wherever you go and you see the darkness, he is able to disclose something to show you, hey, that's dark there. Be careful there. Watch your step there. Isn't that true? <laughs> light directs as well, eh? Can you remember with the Israelites, the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. Ex Exodus 13, verse 21. He still goes ahead of us to direct us to where we need to go. Sometimes we disobey and we have to face the consequences of the disobedience, but he's always going ahead of us to guide us and to direct us. Light also draws, I would say. It's like, a, like moths are drawn to a flame. You've seen that, eh? Light. When you have light, people are attracted to that light. Or if they are living in darkness and they don't want to face reality, they will avoid it. Isn't it true? <laughs> Never underestimate what the Lord is able to do at any time in your life. We have our own sense of what he should do and when he should do it. We want what we want and we want it when we want it. That's how we feel eh, many times. But the question is, is our wisdom really greater than his? Is our wisdom greater than his? In his sovereignty, he decides both the what and the when of everything as far as you and I are concerned. In the hardest and most impossible times, Zechariah and Elizabeth found that he had wonderful plans for them. They were childless, but now the angel comes and speaks to them. But before we get into that, we, that's again, the Lord always has wonderful plans for us. They did not know. The amazing thing with Elizabeth and, uh, and, and Zechariah is this. They did not know that 60 was the new 40 for them. God has only the very best for our lives, and we can trust him for what that is and when he will do it. Although the blessings were not immediately evident, Zechariah and Elizabeth were able to remain faithful to him because they were determined to please him. Have you remained faithful despite the delays in your life? Have you remained faithful? Zechariah and Elizabeth remained faithful to the Lord. But secondly, when we think in terms of his refreshing touch, because of his refreshing touch on their lives, they could remain faithful. But secondly, he is at work in the line of duty. Oh, I love that. Verses, from verses 8 to 10 there. When I'm, when I'm busy and I'm, not, and I'm not thinking about it. Oh, what happened there? <laughs> wow. He is busy working, eh? <laughs> While he was serving, that was uh, uh, Zechariah, he was chosen by lot. 
Can you see? He was busy serving the Lord. He remained faithful to the Lord. And in the faithfulness, you know, many times, even in our unfaithful state, while we are in the line of duty, where we are busy with whatever we want to do, the Lord comes. And He speaks to us. But here in this case, he was, you know, he was, in, he was chosen by Lot. He was one of 20,000 priests. I'm probably moving a lot. 20,000 priests in Israel. And he was one chosen among 20,000. It was an honored ministry. For the priest stood in the holy place alone. And as the worshippers prayed outside, the priest offered the incense inside, symbolically offering the prayers of the people of God. This was a task of prestige because there were some that would never have the opportunity to enjoy this privilege. And Zechariah was given that privilege. Think of yourself. And how the Lord has blessed your life. Others have never enjoyed the privileges that you are enjoying today. He, he has chosen to bless you. He has chosen to come alongside you. He has chosen to accomplish great things through you. Not of your own choice. It was his choice. And you among the many today. And just stand amazed and in humility say, Lord, I hope you do that. In humility say, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you've chosen me. You could have chosen someone else. Yeah. The lot had finally fallen on him. But I want to say this, when we think of Lot, it was much more than coincidence. It was not coincidence here, this Lot. Proverbs 16, verse 33, you know that verse. It says, the Lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. The Lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. This was a once-in-a-lifetime event. The weight of this opportunity for Zechariah, the most momentous occasion of his priestly career, was immense. And God himself orchestrated it all. Brothers and sisters, I want the Lord to orchestrate things for me. I don't need people or anybody to orchestrate things for me. Isn't it true? People will let you down and they're going to say, you remember what I did for you? Have you heard that before? But I want to say this, he uses people. Precious people like us. He uses us in many ways to be a blessing to others. And uh, he uses us to make opportunities even available for others at times. But okay, in this case, yeah, we're not, I don't want to go off the track now, <laughs> you know. He, uh, he is at work right where you are today. Right 
where you are. He's at work. Zechariah did not know it, but the Lord had been planning this day from the very beginning. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? Because he sees the bigger picture. From the very beginning of his life, the Lord already planned this day. <laughs> Zechariah and his family were going to be a part of God's plan to offer salvation to the world. What seemed like unexplainable silence was really God's way of preparing Zechariah and Elizabeth for this incredible day. I ask you this morning, while in the line of duty, are you sensitive to his voice? Whose voice are you listening to this morning? Even in a world as messed up as ours, he is already and always at work to effect, to effect his plan of salvation. Brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing what is right. Did you hear that? Do the right thing, even if it's humiliating. Never get tired of doing the right thing. But then thirdly here this morning, when we think of the touch of the Lord and how the Lord has touched Zechariah and, uh, and Elizabeth here from an impossible situation, because now we're getting into it. He works in ways that exceed our expectations, verses 11 to 17. He, whatever he does, it will exceed our expectations. At the height of the most momentous and dramatic occasion of his whole life, there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, verse 11. The angel of the Lord appears to him now. You know how many times I've heard this, and you know many, many people who, have, who are serving the Lord full time today, they, it was at the height of their careers. The Lord said, now my son, now my daughter, I'm calling you into full time service. It's all right. Now how do you let go of it then? You know, but I'm just saying this. I'm not saying it's going to happen to you, but it often happens in that way. Uh, but at the height of this man, here the angel appears to him. Now remember, listen to this. Remember, God has not spoken to these people in how many years? 400 years. Now after 400 years, my goodness, right beside Zechariah stands an angel. <laughs> I'm just thinking of myself, what I would do if I have an angel standing next to me, right? My goodness, I probably would. Would not be alive, isn't it true? Receiving a word from the Lord was not something people were accustomed to for 400 years, eh, to receiving. With no real warning, suddenly the silence is broken and the Lord speaks to a quiet, humble priest and begins something which turned the world on its head. It is at this point that Zechariah's life takes on new meaning after such an encounter 
whose life would not take on new meaning. Zechariah's life takes on new meaning. Even though the prayers of these two, himself and Elizabeth, had not been uttered for years. Now for years they haven't prayed anymore. They've given up already because now they were 60. For years they asked the Lord for a child, but now suddenly, you know, now that they've given up and not praying about it anymore, <laughs> now, now, the Lord comes and the Lord reminds Zechariah, I have not forgotten you. I have not forgotten you. I want to say this, whatever you're facing this morning, whatever you're going through, he's saying to you, I have not forgotten you. Isaiah 49, 15, the last part, speaks about a mother that can't forget and all of that. But the last part says, I have not forgotten you. Not forgotten your prayers. Just imagine all those long years of waiting in silence. And all that time God was storing it up. Did you hear that? Storing it up. Waiting for the right moment to answer their prayers. Our prayers from long ago are just as fresh to him today as they were when they were uttered. Did you hear that? Our prayers are not ignored or forgotten. He keeps our prayers in his book and our tears in his bottle. Remember Psalm 56? In his bottle our tears are even there. He will respond at the right time. So many times while God's people are praying, he is preparing marvelous things far beyond their request or even their wildest dreams. Even though the people praying feel, it's nothing special. I'm just praying. This is not a special moment. Isn't it true? Sometimes no matter how broken we are, we still say, oh, that was just not a special moment. I was just broken. We're not just broken. It's special to him. Every moment you call on his name, it's important to your king of kings. That's exactly also what we see here with Zechariah and Elizabeth. The Lord answers to their prayers, went beyond. I want to say this. Whoa, there we go. Adam, Adam, Adam. <laughs> hey. Lord's answers to their prayers went beyond the mere birth of a son. Did you hear that? It went beyond the mere birth of a son. He was what every godly parent desires for their children. John would be, a, would be great in the sight of the Lord, pure in heart, filled with the Spirit. God gave them a great prophet, the first to point the Messiah to them and to prepare the way for the Lord. This is so much more than just an answer to their prayer. Can you see what the Lord does when we pray? It will become something that is so much more than just an answer to the prayer. I want to say this when I think of John the Baptist. John the Baptist drew the crowds and he's ministered to crowds. But when Jesus came, Jesus ministered to the individual. You know, that's why Jesus was so effective. 
It was not about the crowds. It was about the individual. It's about you and I. And that is why we serve him and we honor him. Today, but us on snow. Where are we now? Eh? I've lost track of where I am now. Eh? <laughs> yeah. He always does something beyond what we expect. Eh? Always. I want to say this to you here this morning. Our Lord, our King, has very large ears. I by your Very large ears. Continually. His ears are open to us. He can hear all languages all the time, simultaneously, and he is able to unravel impossible situations. Resolve, in other words, impossible situations. As a loving father, he patiently listens to his child. And when I think here of John, John means gracious. It was a name full of meaning. For God was not only being gracious to Zechariah and Elizabeth, but God was also being gracious to all the people of the world. If I think of Zechariah and uh, Elizabeth, they merely asked for the son to carry on the family name and priesthood. God gave them the forerunner of the Messiah. When we pray and wait for God to handle it in whatever way he deems best for us, he always exceeds our expectations. And then the last point I want to make is he is at work even when we doubt him. Verses 18 to 25. Zechariah doubted, eh? Even when you are doubting him, he was a follower of the Lord. He was faithful, yet the man doubted now. Eh? <laughs> He's, I want to say this again, I want to repeat this again. Even when you are doubting him, he is not doubting you. Did you hear that? He is not doubting you. He is working in you and around you. His powerful presence is at work even when you do not see it and cannot feel it. And do not believe it like Zechariah. Zechariah asked, how can this be? I am an old man. And my wife is advanced in years. He's not bowing down in worship here. He's doubting. That was Zechariah. While he's saying you cannot really be serious, the angel is reassuring him that all things are possible. But for Zechariah, there is more lessons to be learned. There are, rather, more lessons to be learned. For he often teaches us to believe in order to see. Isn't that what the Lord teaches us? Believe in order to see. I believe and I see it. And it becomes, it, it goes beyond what I even see. And now you will be silent, the angel says to him. And not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words. Verse 19. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah. They're waiting. Where is he? Why is he taking so long? When he came out, he could not speak to them. Zechariah is given the gift of silence. I like that. Don't know about you. 
But I love the gift of silence. He's given the gift of silence. It was exactly what he needed. Why do I say that? You'll hear now. There is a sparkle in his eye. But he is, he is as quiet as a mouse. When a mouse does his thing, he does it quietly. <laughs> Isn't it true? He's as quiet as a mouse. For there is refreshment from being in the Lord's presence, brothers and sisters. His speech is no longer going to get in the way. Did you hear that? Before his speech was in the way. Before what he said caused more problems. Is that where you are? Now his speech was no longer in the way. God gave him the gift of silence. Sometimes the Lord has got to give us the gift of silence. As we allow him to do whatever he needs to do. <clears throat> and he quietly celebrated the Lord's touch on his life. When you are walking in doubt, your life is unsettled and unstable. Isn't it true? James 1 verse 5 speaks about that. You know, what happens? You are unstable mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. You are blown and tossed back and forth like a wave in the ocean. James 1.5 You are wa walking by faith then walking by sight. Walking by faith then walking by sight. Walking by faith then walking by sight. Is that you? This morning. But you know what? As unsettled as you are doubt is diminished. Diminished by God's presence. Do you ever feel like you are slipping away from your real purpose in life? In the midst of all his doubts, Zechariah knew the unfailing love and support of the Lord. Psalm 94 verse 18 also speaks about that of the psalmist. In the midst of all his doubts, the psalmist was able to look back and see that God's unfailing love was supporting him. Psalm 94 verse 18. God wants to make an appointment this morning. Or the Lord, should we say that? He wants to make an appointment with you about your disappointment. What is your disappointment? He wants to make an appointment with you today about your disappointment. He desires to touch you with his grace. Only his touch will make a difference in your life. It is the touch of the Master's hand that breathes hope into stale, the stale air of impossible solutions, seemingly impossible solutions. Master's hand. You, you need that touch this morning. I need that touch this morning. My life has become stale. I need a refreshing touch this morning. Divine delays protect us. Psalm 33 verse 20 says, He is our help and our shield. Divine delays prepare us. Isaiah 30 verse 18 says, He rises to show you compassion. I love that. He rises to show you compassion. For the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are all who wait for His help. 
and then finally a divine delay perfect us. In other words, makes us whole, will complete us. Hebrews 11 verse 40 says, God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Maybe you think the Lord has forgotten you in your hopeless situation today. He hasn't. He does impossible things for people every day. And you may be next. For nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that nothing is impossible with you. Pray that you will touch our lives this morning. Lord, you have spoken. You have, you have revealed whatever you need, needed to reveal this morning. Each one of us gathered here are faced with an impossible situation, a seemingly impossible situation. Each one of us, not one of us here, are not faced with a seemingly impossible situation. But Lord, today, won't you come alongside us and touch our lives, touch our circumstances, touch us with grace, touch us with mercy. Lord, touch us with your love. Reach out to us, Lord, and make a difference in our circumstances and situations. I pray for all gathered here today. You know each one of us by name. Won't you minister to us and won't you bless us today as we experience your refreshing touch during the season in a new way. Pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you need any counseling,